2020 has been a year of absolute madness and chaos, especially for Australia. At the start of the year, the country was decimated by the worst bushfires in the country's history. Almost the entire country was burning. Then to add insult to injury, a worldwide pandemic hit and coronavirus starts infecting the world, literally like an alien invasion. Europe is hit hard. Italy and its elderly population face huge amounts of deaths. International borders are closed. Air travel ceases and the world stops. Quarantine measures are introduced internationally and Victoria, Australia is hit with some of the hardest measures in the world. In this episode, I go through my personal journey through this lockdown, the highs, the lows and everything in between. It's been a roller coaster to say the least. This is the first episode of this particular podcast in almost two years um, and I doubt that there'll be any more after this so uh, enjoy it while you can and if you are in Victoria and are feeling down uh, with these lockdown restrictions that we're currently facing please 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 I can't stress enough please reach out to your friends and your family um, and share the burden get it off your chest talk to someone and uh, yeah let them know how you're feeling my name's Stuart Manuel And this is Change. What is today's date? The 17th, I think. The 18th. 18th. Sunday, the 18th of October. So I think this marks like seven seven months of lockdown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, when did it start? March? March. April, or March, April, May, June, July, August, September. Nearly eight months. Yeah. Fucking hell. So, yeah. And uh, something that was initially supposed to be... Uh, what, two weeks? Two weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah. <laughs> Should we uh, introduce ourselves, I suppose? Yeah. Well, you can. Go I ahead. Mean, yeah, well, it's your podcast, yeah. isn't it? Kieran here. It's Stu's roommate. Kieran Haightley. From Queensland. The, the Sunshine State. <laughs> <laughs> now living in the fucking prison state. Yeah. <laughs> but um, before we uh, jump into everything that uh, has been going on during this lockdown... I want I I wanted to give everyone a brief um, introduction into my lead up into the lockdown. So then, when we talk about uh, things we've experienced in it, it it will probably make a lot more sense for people because mm. I think mm. with, without that background, people are just going to be like, "This guy is like mentally ill." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that is such a big thing when it comes to all this too. Is is the the state we were in before we got put into this because it came very unexpectedly unexpectedly so yeah if if you weren't ready for it if you weren't in a good space already then it wasn't wasn't going to go up from there so <laughs> yeah let's get some background so early no late late September early October uh last year 
I had separated from my wife and it wasn't a, it wasn't a good time it wasn't a good separation um, shit just wasn't working out and yeah we decided to call it um, I was living with my uh, living with my sister uh, for a little while and uh, about two weeks after I had moved in there I had an operation to get my tonsils out and my septum fixed in my nose I'd had it broken 15 years ago in a in a stupid fight. <laughs> one, one of me. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so I was uh, trying to figure out all this, uh, what I was going to do with myself, and I was uh, experiencing the worst pain I've ever felt um, with my tonsils being, uh, being ripped out of my throat. Um, so I spent a, uh, a week or so up in uh, Dalesford, uh, to recover with my uh, good friends John and Sienna, and they'll probably listen to this at some point. So, thank you for uh, for looking after me and uh, helping me through that that uh, pretty rough patch. Um, and uh, yeah, after that, I uh, I recovered, got better, moved into a, a place in Alfington um, with uh, someone I was working with. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a, a weird transition, like right from the start that the house wasn't a good fit. Um, it was full of young girls who were way younger than me. Um, there was no, no common ground at all. And I was like, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is, this is a bit rough. Um, but, um, yeah, that, I mean, yeah, that was just a, just a place to try and get somewhat back on my feet again. Um, and, uh, yeah, eventually, uh, that kind of started running its course. I started a new job working in the city. Um, and that was really cool and exciting. So like, you know, out of a a bit of the negative was a, was a bit of silver lining. It was like, yeah, cool. It's a bit of a a fresh start, like single stew's going to get a (laughs) <laughs> gonna get a new job and uh yeah try and uh try and make 2020 a, a bit of a, a cool year um and uh yeah while I was there I was just looking online for like potential other places and I came across uh came across this place completely by accident <laughs> and uh now yeah I find myself back in uh Mooney Ponds uh where I used to live with my uh good friend Chris Jervis, back in the hood, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's where we're recording this today. Hell's yeah. Um, and yeah, we've just been... And that was, when did you move in? It was just before all that sort of happened, wasn't it? Yeah, I think like March, March, like right at the start of March, yeah. maybe like late February, I don't yeah, know. I think you're only here for a few weeks when all this yeah. started fucking... and then it just, boom. <laughs> Everything got turned upside down. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, good timing, I suppose, in that sense. But um, with um, yeah, with hindsight being being what it is, I think um, I was really lucky to to move in here when I did because uh, yeah, like I wasn't, I still wasn't in the in the the best headspace. I was still processing the uh, the the separation and trying to figure all this out and, you know, just, uh, trying my best to be, um, 
amicable, amicable uh, about everything um, with my uh, with my ex-wife, um, and it was it was real hard. It was it was really really hard. But um, moving into a place with like super nice people and like understanding people as well <laughs> um, made it uh, a whole lot easier. And uh, but then. Again, everything literally got <laughs> got turned on its head, and now uh, new shit to deal with. Yeah, seven months later, mm. we find ourselves almost at the end of it. Well, let's hope so. But um, slowly but surely, we yeah. seem to be getting out of this. But um, but we've been burned before by Mister <laughs> Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> but um, how have how have you found the uh? The last seven months. Yeah. How, have, what, what has it made you feel? I mean, for me, and I feel like I'm one of the, the luckier ones. Um, I haven't had too much taken away from me. I, you know, I was still working for a lot of it. Um, I had a few weeks off work and there was a little bit of, little bit of worry with my job as it's sort of heavily based in the events industry. So you know, at the start we were pretty good, but then once the events sort of got cancelled and the whole country sort of got cancelled in that way, we took a bit of a hit and they, my bosses decided to shut the place down for a little while, but uh, due to their uh, quick thinking, I suppose, they sort of switched up what we do and started... started and what is it that you do? So uh, we rent out sort of uh, market stalls for high-end markets, I suppose, um, which I didn't even know existed until I started this job. Um, but yeah, so that's a lot of the revenue is these events that happen. Um, and we make display furniture basically as well. So not only do we rent it, we make it for people that have these markets as their living. So, you know, even since the event stopped, people weren't buying anything, people weren't renting anything. So it basically put a whole halt to the business. But, uh, they sort of turned it on its head and we started making office furniture because obviously working from home was now a really big thing uh, and there was a really big shortage on desks and stuff from office works were selling out. Obviously a lot of their stuff comes from overseas so they couldn't actually import any new stock. So yeah, and I guess a lot of people too were looking for something other than a, a plastic fold-out desk to, to work on from home. So. Yeah, my bosses decided to start making some really nice, uh, affordable office furniture, uh, desks and cabinets and stuff like that. So that went really well and we got back to work pretty quickly um, and that kept us going through most of it. Uh, and then obviously with the new, new restrictions that came in, once it all sort of got lifted and then shut down again, we had to shut down again for another few weeks. But um, not to incriminate anyone, but we sort of still started getting orders because the rest of the country was going back to normal and we weren't and we shipped to a lot of the country so we were still getting a lot more business for our older stock back to the markets displays and yeah we sort of went back to work and and kept going after that so it was pretty good um so yeah as far as work goes I didn't I didn't suffer too much through that and I, I got job keeper as well so I was pretty happy um and yeah my you know, obviously I live with my partner, so that was handy to have that support network. And yeah, Stu moving in, obviously, we got some bro time as well, which is really cool. Uh, we both train jiu-jitsu and um, yeah, both love music and 
all that sort of stuff. So we had a lot in common to sort of chat about and gaming and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it was, it was really good in that sense um, to have that, that person to sort of bounce off. And yeah, so as far as friendships go, it, it didn't really hurt me too much there considering a lot of my friends are up in Queensland anyway. So I've been sort of separated from them just by moving down here. Um, and yeah, like that was, that was pretty good as well. The, the worst thing for me is the fact that I can't go up there and see them and my family's up in Queensland as well. So through all of this, that's been the hardest part for me. Um, like I said, having my partner here and having good housemates has been really good to sort of, you know, keep my spirits high and having a job still is really good. So, you know, it's, it's been hard, but having those things has really helped. But, you know, it really sucks that there's no clear indication on when I'll be able to go back up there and see them. I haven't seen them since Christmas last year. So it's been, what's that? Yeah, 10 months now that I haven't seen my family. Uh, my sister's up there as well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's been the hardest part for me. Um, and just sort of dealing with that. I still keep in contact with them, obviously, but it's not the same as being in someone's presence and being able to, yeah, hang out at my old home and yeah, go and see my, my sister and her dogs and just go out to the pub with my mates, um, which I guess was a big thing here too, not being able to go out and blow off some steam at, at the pubs and clubs or go to live gigs or anything like that, which is a big part of my life. So. Yeah, it's 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 been hard to come to terms with the the new normal as they call it, um, and and the uncertainty of when anything will get back to some sort of normality where we can go and see a, a live music gig or or yeah go party at the clubs. But yeah, other than that, it's it's not been too bad for me, and I, I feel really blessed and grateful that I've I've got these people in my life, and yeah, like. You know, it was good timing for for Stu, obviously for you to move in here for you, but it was I think it was good timing for us too, because you know we had another housemate that had to go home back to Germany because her visa ran out and she couldn't actually get a leave from university, which was ridiculous. Um, they didn't didn't accept her application, so she had to go back to Germany, um, which is really sad. And yeah, with with Stu moving in, we had another roommate move out who had lived here for a couple of years and that was sort of a not a bad leaving but it yeah it was not really on his terms because he had problems and <laughs> we uh didn't really want him in the house anymore so yeah we were sort of going through some shit as well but yeah it was all sort of timed well I think yeah I think so mm. um but I guess um one thing I've really noticed about this about this lockdown and being um i guess forced to to stay inside a lot and um, really uh be with my be with myself um, it's it's caused a lot of uh introspective thinking and uh I think that's something that I've I've really needed considering everything that happened in the lead up to the lockdown. Um and that has that's been really good, but it's also been really uh really hard and 
at sometimes like really difficult as well like not not being able to um like literally like get out do you know what i mean and and just be able to be like fuck like i i need a i need a break like i i'll i'll go to uh you know i'll go to the gym i'll i'll roll jujitsu i'll choke someone for for a few hours and get it all out of my system like that's literally being taken away and uh and i guess that's another thing that was in the lead up to the to the um lockdown as well um at the end of the previous year i decided that i was going to go to uh las vegas for the world masters uh jiu-jitsu world masters and given that uh you know all the this this separation was going on and it was just it was very traumatic and there was a just a lot of negative shit around it jiu-jitsu was the perfect distraction like i, I dove into it head first um i decided that you know i'm i'm just going to put everything that i've got into this like I'm, it my life literally became like wake up go to work go to training go to sleep repeat 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 every single day and um i got into the best shape i've ever been in i lost 27 kilos i was like yep i'm i'm ready i'm ready and then this lockdown came in and literally everything got taken away we couldn't leave the country we couldn't leave the state we couldn't leave our house we couldn't go to the gym everything went backwards um yeah the the weight started coming back on again <laughs> and it was depressing like looking at the uh looking at the scale and seeing it go up and you're just like oh fuck I, I think as well like a lot of people don't know and uh, uh, jiu is one of them but I mean just going to the gym in general any sort of exercise like it is such a a big thing for mental health is to have that outlet and to have that that sort of distraction, I guess, but it's just a, it's a dopamine hit at the end of the day as well. When you exercise, you release a got a lot of good chemicals and yeah, it's, it's like been proven to help depression and help heal. So, but jujitsu, especially like, and you talk to anybody who does jujitsu and they, they make comparisons to it being therapy because, you know, when you're on the mats, nothing else matters. Um, you're, for those five minutes that you're rolling around, trying not to get choked out, you forget about everything else. You know, it's it it becomes that's that's the only thing that's important. Um, and anyone who trains jiu-jitsu will know that some of the chats that you have with people after those hard rolls and sitting around at the gym afterwards, it it becomes like a therapy session, especially for males who can't really talk about their emotions and and you know we we struggle to convey that sort of stuff unless we have really really close friends. It it becomes this place of openness um, and you get really close to these people that you train with and you feel like they're your brothers and you can talk about anything when you're on the mats and it's sort of this, yeah, this place of freedom. Um, so to have that taken away is a really big thing, especially, yeah, when you're going through shit, you know, it's, it's really important to have that outlet and to have those people that you can talk to and, yeah, especially for you, like you said, you had that goal that you were aiming towards, you had something to focus on um, and to have that taken away is, is really hard because you've really got to then reassess your life and, and, and say, okay, what do I aim for now? <laughs> you know, like, so yeah, it's, it's, that's a really big one. I think, um, to have that taken away is, is really hard. 
And I found that once the uh, once the gym had been taken away and that and that support network was gone, um, everything else started falling away as well. Like obviously, work started becoming from everyone's working from home, and that was really difficult at first too. Like I was pretty new to my job and new to the role, um, the the operating system that they use at at my place was something that was entirely different from uh, anything that I'd used in the in the industry before um, and trying to figure out not only how to do my job but also use this system <laughs> and and try and do a good job and get all my work done um, and not being able to like have someone where I can be like hey what do I do here Instead, I had to like you know send a message online, and I'd be like waiting for someone to reply, and sometimes they wouldn't, and you know send an email and wait for a reply, or like try and call someone, and the line would be busy, and you're like, fuck, like what, what, what am I, what am I supposed to do here? And I'm the kind of person that when things aren't going, aren't going well, and it's not exactly smooth sailing, and there's uh, outside factors creeping in, and you know, you're like, fuck, like, I, I just, I want to do a good job. And it's obvious that you're not. The stress starts building and being locked inside. Like, I, I don't know, like it, it, it seemed like after a while, everything that I was feeling, like the, the sadness from, from the separation, the anger that it wasn't easy, the, um, not having not having the gym and like the frustration and not being able to train um you know the the stress of of my job and trying to trying to do everything properly and correctly um and not having the the help that i needed it all became like intensified like like i i think of like a um you know, like you have like a glass of cordial mm-hmm. and you, you fill it like a quarter full and the rest is water. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it's nice. It's a nice consistency. Well, this was like three quarters of cordial <laughs> and then like a little bit of water. And it's like, fuck, like this is, it's way too much. It's way too concentrated. Like it's, it's, it's impossible to deal with. You can't, you can't swallow that shit. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I'd find like, as, as things would go on and the workload would increase as, you know, we started getting busier with the other parts of the country, like coming back. And so, you know, the, the workload would start getting, start getting heavier. Everything was still shut, still couldn't get to the gym. And while other parts of the country started coming back, Victoria was going the other way. Victoria was, was going down. Like there was like, there was no end in sight to this that we we didn't know when we were going to go back to the office like sometimes shit just didn't work mm. you know like the sometimes the internet would go out or like and and even then that was a that was a nightmare in itself as well you know like uh that whole whole debacle of uh <laughs> and for for anyone that uh that hasn't uh upgraded to the NBN yet please <laughs> Please don't, because we. Well, look, uh, the, re- the reward was worth it, but the wait was not. We uh, made the mistake of unplugging our 
old setup and plugging in an NBN box and then the NBN not working and we should have known it and it, it, I guess it was kind of my fault it, I cursed well, it. it no I think it was it was our fault for being too too keen because we were told it was going to be a couple weeks and the box came within a couple days and we should have known that that was not indicative of the internet being ready to go <laughs> because these things take a while to process and the box being there did not mean that the order had been processed fully. So, And the consultant said those terrible words, mm. it will be really easy. Plug and play. And whenever they say <laughs> anything's going to be easy, you know it's not. You're gonna, yeah. It's going to be a fucking nightmare. Yeah. And uh, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> how, how long was it? How long was the internet out for? I think... Two weeks, which which isn't a long time in the grand scheme of things, but when you're literally stuck at home for 24 hours a day and your only outlet is things on the internet, when you don't have the internet, it becomes pretty hard. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there was a, a two-week period there where just nothing was happening. I was like trying to do my work, hotspotting off my phone. And that's the other thing. Working from home becomes rather impossible. <laughs> and, yeah, it was an absolute, absolute nightmare. But um, I found that as as the lockdown went on, like these feelings of like, um, whether it was like sadness or frustration or anger. All of the above. All of the above. Um, they really intensified and... It would always get really, really bad, like, when I'd go to sleep. And, you know, the, you have, like, that maybe, like, half an hour to 45-minute window, like, before you fall asleep and you're just lying in bed and it's just you and whatever's in your head. And, man, like, I, I, I feel like the... Um, all of the circumstances, like, made those thoughts, like way worse than that than they should have been there was like um you know it's it was like oh no you know and it, it's 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 weird shit and I, I haven't i haven't talked about this with um with anyone before so please forgive me if it uh if it sounds uh rambled and incoherent but you know i, I would lie in there and it would it would be like someone was whispering to me and it's like oh no wonder your wife left you. You're, you know, you're fucking hopeless. Like, look at you. You're a fucking idiot. You can't even do your job properly. Um, yeah, look at you. It's probably a good thing that the that the fucking world masters got cancelled. Look at you, you stupid fat fuck. Like, you, you're getting fat again. You're getting heavy again. You're fucking useless. You're shit. You're worthless. And yeah, like after a while, you're like, yep, yep. And you start agreeing with it. And then slowly, like, instead of those thoughts happening right before you fall asleep, all of a sudden they're there when you wake up. And you, you, you instead of being like, okay, it's like a new day, let's get after it. You're like, oh, fuck, like, I don't want to get out of bed. You know, I don't, I don't want to do this today. And everything starts getting... Um, really, really bleak and difficult and sad and depressing. And 
and and it's it's hard and I mean sure like you can talk to people on the phone you know what I mean like you can you can tell friends how you're feeling but after a while that's hard you know what I mean like who wants to who wants to just have this annoying phone call every day like talking on the phone sucks you know text messaging after a while it just becomes a chore um there's it's being able to express how you're feeling to someone face to face is completely different different thing you know like actual emotions are exchanged rather than just like hearing a hearing a sound in your um in your ear or like reading words on a on a screen and that and even text messages can be interpreted um not the way that you you mean it you know mm-hmm. um it's very robotic yeah it's very robotic there's there's no emotion when you're talking through a little box or yeah there's there's nothing quite like that face to face energy that you exchange with someone and i i found that uh when I would look and try and see how other people were feeling, like I'd, I'd just, I'd Google shit and just be like, you know, if, has anyone written about, um, the shit they're experiencing too? And it was like profoundly negative. Like that every, it, it seemed like the majority of people were, were suffering and, um, weren't handling this well. And I I feel like that was something that was like really um not considered by the by the government that the keeping people in in houses like even though there's there's this pandemic around you know and they're wanting to lower the cases or or whatever it is like there's detriments to that as well and people can only be pushed so far and it starts to reach a point of diminishing returns I think mm. um the the bad part I think, you know, at the start of this, we were all, we all had no idea. No one had any idea, you know, so uh, the lockdown seemed like a good idea. And I think through a lot of it, it was still a good idea. Um, but, you know, there's, as we've seen with the rest of Australia, they've lifted restrictions. Um, they have numbers similar to what we have now and don't have any restrictions. Um, so I think there's a little bit of uh, jealousy, I guess, but also just a bit of inquiry about why we're still like this. Um, and, you know, they had the the whole hotel quarantine debacle and our numbers went back up and, you know, like no one's sort of taken accountability for that and they've just thrown us all back in this shitty situation and told us to just deal with it. And I think, yeah, like you said, it's affecting everybody and they haven't taken into account the fact that everyone's sort of waiting for these little carrots that have been dangled in front of them to say, oh, we'll open up again soon and just wait until Sunday and then nothing happens. And it's just, it's another another shot to the, the hope, you know, any sort of hope that people were clinging to that we're going to get back to normal just gets shot down. And, you know, you don't take that easily, especially people with small businesses that are waiting to reopen their doors to get their livelihoods back on track and yeah people that are just waiting to get back to the gym to see their mates and yeah it's like it's it becomes increasingly harder for people to deal with this because there's just no hope left there's no end in sight you know there's no definitive answer on when we're going to get back to normal so anyone who 
was struggling at the start of this is now struggling tremendously. And yeah, there's just seems to be no, no care for that side of this, you know, like, of course, everyone cares about the case numbers and everyone cares about the amount of deaths and no one wants anyone to die. But I think people are going to die as a result of these lockdowns due to poverty and due to depression. And, you know, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen now, but in the next five to 10 years, we're going to see a, a large increase, I think, in, in, yeah, that, that d depression and poverty making an impact. And I think that's something that hasn't been discussed by the, by the government at all either. Mm -hmm. Like, sure, like these, um, <clears throat> these Victorian deaths are, it's a pretty high number. I believe it's over 800 now. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can guarantee you the suicide number triples that. Well, and this is the thing. There's been articles that have come out that said um, that the suicide numbers are the same as they were last year. And people are basically saying that anyone who thinks that the suicide numbers are going to be higher is an idiot and that, like, that's that's not true and that you're not believe. Like, I've had people tell me that I'm wrong and and cite these articles and say, you know, oh, you, just look at where you're getting your facts from. Um, but, you know, I'm... I'm talking from experience in the, in the fact that I know people that have, I mean, Stu's, Stu's had a friend who's sadly taken his own life because of this. Um, I've had my partner's friends tell her about people they know that have taken their lives because of this. Um, and I don't directly know anyone who's died from COVID or even been to hospital because of COVID. So for me and my experience, I think that it has taken a bigger toll as far as depression goes. Um, but also, you know, these articles that people cite saying that the numbers are the same as they were last year, um, that same publication wrote an article in June quoting the same coroner, state coroner, who was saying last year's numbers were troubling and that we ha basically saying that we're having a mental health crisis. So for people to compare those numbers and say, oh, they're the same as last year, what are you talking about? Last year was bad. Last year was troubling. So the fact that they're the same means it's still troubling. And yeah, we're not, we're not going to see the effects of those numbers uh, until, yeah, the next five, five to ten years because, you know, right now everyone's still on JobKeeper. Uh, what happens when JobKeeper finishes and there's no jobs? You know, like um, people that are on Centrelink and have had their Centrelink pays double uh, and they're, you know, they're living pretty at the moment. Um, but what happens when their Centrelink drops back down, you know, and they fall back below the poverty line? Um, you know, it's, it's, and, you know, the, the coroner's reports and stuff like that, they take a while to process as well. And because of the amount of deaths happening from COVID and the amount of investigations happening, um, a lot of these numbers aren't going to be recorded properly until, yeah, until the end of the year or until next year. You know, so right now it doesn't look bad, but I think yeah, in the in the near future we're going to see a lot of a lot of deaths due to this uh, lockdown and not due to COVID. So, as we're talking, it's that point of diminishing returns. Like, how far do we push people to save lives when it's it's hurting people? I think yeah, it's it's a really fine line and. It's, it's hard to know what the right answer is at this point, but yeah, 
I think there's just there needs to be a lot more consideration when it comes to the, the mental health crisis that we're experiencing in in Melbourne. I mean, in Australia, in the world, there's you know people are already already troubled, and there's already troubling numbers to do with uh, suicides. So you know something like this isn't going to make it better. <laughs> it's not. It just it really isn't. Yeah, and I I think like uh, numbers really. Uh, numbers of people like really finding things super difficult with um, you know shit like depression and all that anxiety all that kind of stuff um, really increased when the uh, the curfew got uh, got introduced as well like you literally could not leave the house mm. and it was crazy for a while like, that, that Melbourne was literally a ghost town and there was, um, and you know, like I'd, I'd have a bad day at work or like, you know, something would happen. What have you got there? Oh, question time. In what year was the airline Qantas established? Oh, I don't know. Chris Jervis would know that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. 1920. Wow. Oh, there you go. But yeah, the, 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 the curfew, um, that was a, that was a big one. Yeah. Look, the. And you know, like I, as I was saying, I'd have a, I'd have a bad day at, um, at work, or you know, something would happen in my, uh, in my personal life, like you know, whether it was like with the divorce, or I'd, I'd be frustrated because these re- restrictions were in and they were limiting everyone's movement. I couldn't see my dog. Um, he's hanging out with my, uh, with my ex-wife in Collingwood probably having a great time just sleeping on the couch but um yeah it was it was really difficult because I couldn't see him um and there were like tons of times where I'd I'd like sit in my room and I have these big windows in my bedroom that just look out onto the street and you know I'd watch the sun go down and I'd just be like fuck like this is this is literally a prison do you know what I mean and it would it would get really I'd get really really sad I'd get I'd get I'd go to a, a bad place and I I was in a in a bad place for a while and I don't know if that was obvious to anyone else in the house but yeah I mean that it does become obvious and I think it's I don't think it's obvious what the exact cause is and especially in your situation where you have so many facets of your life that are, are sort of going going through hard times you know it's not completely obvious as to what might be getting you down, but obviously, yeah, you can feel the energy of the house change and, you know, it, you, you, you've said it to me before where I was having a bad day and you sort of, you can see it, you know, and you're sort of like, well, I'll just leave him alone then. <laughs> he looks like he needs some, some time alone. So, and that's the other thing because you can't actually go anywhere, you know, you, when, you, you, when you're in those sort of spots, you just... You don't know what you need, you don't know what you want, but you literally can't go anywhere, so you stay in your room and you've you've been in your room for the last six months and you're like, this is the last fucking place I want to be, but I literally can't go anywhere else and I don't want to socialise with people, not that I can, but I don't even want to see my housemates, so, you know, even walking to the kitchen seems like a fucking hard task, you know, <laughs> like, you can't, you're just like, I just don't want to see anyone right now, but, yeah, it's it's really hard when you can't just go for a walk, you know, like we were, literally, you'd get to, what was it, eight o'clock at night and you can't leave your fucking house and you're yeah. like, 
shit, I just want to go for a walk. Like, and, and, like the, and the tiniest house. things would become like the biggest irritations. You know what I mean? Like I'd be making dinner and it'd be like, you know, 7.45. Mm. And I'm like, fuck, like I, I need some spinach. And you'd like look at the time and you'd just be like, yeah. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the supermarket shut. Like I can't do anything. Be like, well, fuck, and just abandon it. Yeah, and just just go go to my room and be like, fuck. <laughs> and like, I, there was I can't I can I can't like recall so many times where I've just been like so angry, just staring out that window, mm. and my eyes would just start watering, and I'd be like, fuck, like I this is like. It's like a nightmare. It's like a bad dream that just mm. wasn't stopping. And, mm. and and every day would start blending into the next because I'd, you know, working from home, I'd wake up and I'm in the office. Yep. Do you know what I mean? I'm eating breakfast in the office. I'm eating lunch in the office. I'm eating dinner in the office. I'm going to sleep in the office. Mm-hmm. I'm showering in the office. And I'm like, you know what? I'd like, I'd, there's no, there's no normal to any of this. Like mm-hmm. it's all foreign. And then work decided that uh, one day a week I would get to go into the office because we needed to print uh, invoices for customers that receive them by post. And at first I was like, yes, this will be great. Like I get to get out of the house. Um, you know, I'll get to go somewhere different. It'll be awesome. It wasn't awesome. It was, it was fucking terrible. The, the city is deserted. Bar, it's a, bar police and military. It's like it's like walking around, it, and it, I've put it on my Instagram like a million times. It's literally like I felt like I was in the zombie apocalypse, and you'd see like you'd see someone like walking a lot, walking along the road, and you're literally like, "Holy shit!" Like there's someone new, a survivor. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> someone. There's someone new. But like, I I don't know if anyone listening to this can um, can relate to this. But have you? And maybe you can, I don't know. But have you ever been in like a 30-story building and you're the only one there? Never. That seems so, so foreign and so weird. And you walk into like the lobby of the building and usually it's bustling and there's a coffee shop there and, you know, there's people everywhere and you can hear people talking and... And laughing. Like the sound of laughter that has been absent from everywhere in the last eight months. You don't realise how much... Like... Schools have gone back now and to hear playgrounds at lunchtime and kids laughing and having fun and you're just like, whoa, this is, I've missed this. Like you don't even realise how much of an effect that has until it's gone. Um, but yeah, like walking into like a place that's, that's usually like full of energy and activity and it's silent. It's like a, it's like you've walked into a cemetery. You can hear every footstep. And every d- every day or... I go in there. Like I, I walk through and I always go, woo! <laughs> and the the whole place just echoes. And it's it's like it's super creepy. And there's a security guard there, and he laughs every time. It's like, <laughs> this fucking guy. What are you doing? And uh, but yeah, like and then I get into the lift and I go up to the I go up to the twenty sixth floor. I'm the only one in the office. I'm the only one on the floor. And I'm like, our office has like these big windows that look over all of Melbourne. And I look out, 
out the window and I look out over the city and there's no one walking around. Fed Square is like deserted. And I see like a, a few cars driving past and, you know, like I look out the window and look down on the road and there's no one walking around. Like everywhere is just empty. And there's, uh, there's this guy that is in an apartment across from the office and the last couple of days, like, he's been out on his balcony when I've, when I've been in the office and about 10 o'clock, like, I'll look over there and he's on his balcony looking at the building and I'll, like, wave and he'll wave at me and I'm like, yep, still alive, well done. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's, that's been, like, a, a bit of a cool thing to look forward to, which is very, very strange. Like, who would have thought, like, anyone would be looking forward to, like, waving at, at a stranger? But, um, and, and that's the other thing, like, speaking of like interacting with other people with the, you know, this mask mandate, so everyone has to wear a mask, even going to the supermarket, like when you can and seeing other people there, you're not, it's, you're not seeing people because everyone's faces are covered. There's no emotion. It's just eyes and and no one looks at each other. Everyone's just like... And not, not just any eyes. They're fearful eyes. They're scared eyes. They're sad eyes. No one's happy. Happiness is like left. <laughs> it's like to see a happy person nowadays is like a, a fucking joy. It's like a blip in the, the fucking yeah, emotional state of this, this state. That being said, though, and I'm glad you brought that up because... Um... With the, um, what I was talking about before with like, um, you know, the, the feelings that, that I have been feeling becoming like more, uh, more intensified as the lockdown's gone on just cause there's been no release on the flip side of that as well. I found when things go right, like the happiness is like, it's like a drug. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I can't get enough of it. Mm -hmm. Um, the other week we went down to the, we just went down to Queens Park, like right around the corner from our house in Mooney Ponds. And it was like the whole suburb was there and the, the place was like popping off that everyone was having a great time. Like so it was the, the first sort of sunny day we'd had in a while. And also they'd lifted the restrictions on being able to go to the park, which we, that parks were closed for a long while. Uh, and they changed it so that you could have a gathering of five people from two households, which is <laughs> ridiculously specific. But yeah, it was amazing to see everyone turned out. And in true fashion, like it wouldn't be like a an outing if something weird didn't happen. I got to see some weird shit. It was it was fucking cool. There was this there was this guy who uh, was trying to impress these girls. He's like, hey. <laughs> I'll do a backflip and they were like yeah sick do a backflip and he tried and literally landed on his brain and <laughs> yeah I, I think he's Im impaired now yeah. <laughs> and so his name was backflip mm -hmm. we were like yep that's that's backflip he's got severe brain damage now I think <laughs> um and then we were you know we were sitting on this uh on this picnic rug on the grass, like eating lunch. And I looked up and I saw movement in this tree. And there was this 
forked branch, like this big forked branch. It was probably like, I don't know, eight meters off the ground. And I looked up and there's a guy like standing in the, in like the forked bit of the, of the branch. And all of a sudden he started leaning to the left, but wasn't stopping, like kept leaning. And I just looked up and I was like, oh, fuck. And the guy like kept leaning and it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then that guy literally fell out of the tree, smashed into the trunk and then landed like on the ground on his hard. hip, like super hard, like with this like thud that literally made everybody turn around and everyone was like, holy fuck, like, I think that guy's dead. <laughs> and uh, he wasn't dead, just uh, severely intoxicated. And um, severely injured, so we found out. <laughs> yeah, th- he definitely has a broken leg. <laughs> um, and then funnily enough, right at the end of the day when everyone's leaving... About four hours of him laying on the ground <laughs> in pain. The sun is going down and he had a friend with him and the friend like pulled him up which was very hard because he's obviously in a lot of pain. And they're like hobbling over to wherever it is they're going. And Backflip decides to show up and walks up to them and says, hey, do you guys need some help? I will help you. And Broken Leg is so drunk and so proud and kind of embarrassed at this stage because everyone's been looking at him just tells Backflip to fuck off and that he doesn't need help. And so then Backflip threatened to bash him <laughs> and it was it was about to pop off, but then it turned out Backflip was all talk and just left. Also probably didn't want to actually fight an injured guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think also just got his pride sort of squashed by getting told to fuck off for trying to help someone. <laughs> and uh, then, um, yeah, broken leg... Shuffled off, and we I've never seen him since. But, uh, yeah, backflip, I've seen him at the park since then. And He's I bumped into park him. park frequent, yeah. I bumped into him at Coles as well, and, yeah, it's safe to say that fall on his head has fucked him up quite severely because <laughs> he's broken. <laughs> but um, The poor guy probably wasn't that, that straight to start with, so... <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like, as bad as the... Um, as the sadness and and frustration has been, when things are, are great, they're fucking great. You know what I mean? Like, um, and like even little things, like you know, we we've turned the we've turned our garage into somewhat of a of a gym, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we've had a had a few rolls in the garage, and it's got it's the mats been, down, got the kettlebell out. <laughs> it's been great, and you know, like. Rolling again has been awesome and like doing, uh, getting back on that, on that fitness grind has been, has been great as well. And like sweating out all the bullshit has, yeah, made me feel really, really good. Um, but then, um, yeah, like just to, and I guess like this, this kind of like forms the, the roller coaster of what this lockdown has been. Like there's been like epic highs and like epic lows and one of like the the epic highs, like the like I I I don't think I can describe like the the feeling I I felt when this happened. Um, I met this person, and 
right from the right from the start it was one of these rare occurrences where um you meet someone and everything clicks it's just it just works you know what i mean it's like it's easy it's it's like yeah it's like peanut butter and chocolate it just works you know what i mean <laughs> peanut butter and anything it works <laughs> yeah yeah um and uh yeah, this this person was rad, and um, I don't know for the first time in in like the longest time, like I I was like, holy shit! Like I I feel good and I I feel great, and I look forward to talking with this person, and I look forward to hanging out with this person, and and it was like a um. It was like this temporary pause on my all the bullshit that this uh that like the my divorce and the the lockdown and not being able to train jujitsu and like working from home and the curfew like it was you know all these things were just pushed to the side and everything was just it was just good and I feel like while this was going on there there was like a I'm safe to say a pretty noticeable change. Hundred percent, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it was it was very obvious. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, it was like it was fucking great. And I don't think um, you know while all this is going on, like my happiness was dependent on that person. Like it wasn't like. I'm only happy because you're here. Like it, it wasn't like that at all. It was just a, um, it was a change. Yeah. It was a, it was a pleasant change to the fucking bullshit that had been happening. Yeah. And it was like a, um, <laughs> it was a, um, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Bad timing. Go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. away, phone. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, it was just a, I don't, I don't want to say distraction cause it wasn't a distraction, but it was. No, it was a change. It's like, like I said, it was a pleasant change yeah. because in all of this bullshit to find something like that is rare in the first place. And when you've got nothing to look forward to which is the times we are and like like you said you had you had the the masters to look forward to you had a lot of things on the horizon that got taken away from you so to have something to look forward to again and i mean as you were saying before the those feelings of not wanting to get out in the bed in the morning and shit like that you know like it gives you a reason to get up it gives you a reason to to look forward to the end of the day so you can talk to someone that you really enjoy talking to like there's yeah I don't want to say a reason to live again, but I mean, mm. a reason to be happy. You know, yeah. like it's hard in these times to find that reason to be happy. Cause yeah, it's like, what is there to be happy for when you literally, your life has been taken away from you. So yeah. And, and what, and while it was happening, like, just like the, the sadness was really intense. The happiness was really intense. And I feel like the, um, while I was, interacting with this with this person and for the 
we may as well just say it like yeah it was it was a chick i met this girl and it was fucking sick (laughs) (laughs) and uh you know like while i was while i was spending time with her and while i was talking with her like i feel like just because of the situation that we found ourselves in that was really intense as well and it was like it everything progressed way faster than it would if we were in the normal world well and this is yeah i mean that's another thing to it because you can't go out on dates you can't you can't progress a relationship the normal way you usually would where you can see each other if for a dinner and then go home and or go to the movies or you know go on a proper date and actually get to know someone it, it becomes either we talk over the phone all the time or we literally spend the night or we spend time in each other's houses like that doesn't usually happen straight away when you meet someone because there's a lot longer process usually. So. And before anyone loses their mind being like, he's breaking the law, he's, <laughs> he's doing everything wrong. There is a loophole for intimate with these, partners. With these restrictions, yeah. <laughs> if you, you have that special someone, <laughs> you can... Uh, Which, mind you, a lot of people have been using. This is not something that people have not been taking advantage of and I can guarantee you that. <laughs> um, yeah, if you have that... Uh, that someone you can uh, use them as a bubble mm-hmm. as they call it and you can have a a bubble between the two houses so yeah no rules getting broken there um but um yeah like everything everything was uh really accelerated and i think that's because of the just the weird situation that we we found ourselves in as well um, and then just, you know, continuing that roller coaster theme. Um, yeah, like the, the fact that it, that it did move as quickly as it did and it got all, I don't, I don't know the right word, maybe more serious than it should have been at, at that particular stage. Like again, basing everything off. What whatever the it is that the normal world is, and <laughs> normal standards of like of whatever dating is. Do you know what I mean? If there is such thing, I don't know. Um, yeah, she uh, it freaked her out a bit, and yeah, she uh, put the brakes on it. And again, like that. Um, I don't know the I don't know the right word. Um, maybe the. The fact that 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 hit wasn't there anymore, and then all of a sudden that that allowed the the previous bullshit to start coming back in, um, was was hard to deal with, and um, yeah, it's been like a it's it's been a battle keeping the. Uh, Trying to keep the positive vibe going, you know what I mean? Um, If for anybody at any time, without all this bullshit, that is a hard thing to deal with. Um, And like you said, you were already having thoughts of self-doubt and, you know, insecurities based on previous relationships breaking down, which may or may not have had anything to do with you. Um, But that's just what happens when things like this occur. You you start to blame yourself or you start to try and find the reasons behind it. Um, so 
of course, when something like this happens, when something seems to be going so well, yeah, you obviously start to get those thoughts back of insecurities and self-doubt and is this my fault, what did I do wrong and yeah, that's that's not an easy thing to reflect on anyway. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so it's been it's been hard. It's been a hard uh last week. Um and but, keep in mind this is still fresh. Yeah. <laughs> this is still this is what well, yeah, last week this happened, I guess, yeah. or the week before, so you know trauma trauma and stuff like that takes a long time to move on from anyway let alone when you don't have your usual outlets and the usual things that help or, distract no, you from... No, I was going to say something really inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> or inlets, but... Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, exactly, and this is the other thing. Like, intimacy is amazing for that, you know? Like, it, it gives you those those pleasure centres and it, it gives you that joy chemically. It's It's not even anything that you choose, it's just what happens. Um, so yeah, to have that sort of dopamine hit taken away is hard as well, especially, yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy in the dating world anyway, let alone these times. <laughs> so yeah, it's not as easy to, to get those hits. So it's when you find someone and it is easy and it's, it's fun and yeah, everything that comes with it to have that taken away is also very hard. Yeah. And I think like... Um, having like someone that was, that was like physically there to like, to actually talk to and for someone to, to listen to everything that was going on and, and, uh, for someone to, to actually be there to express how they were feeling as well and how they were finding all, all of this shit. It was like, it was a relief. Do you know? Like finally I was like, Oh fuck. Like it's not like a, it's not a text message and it's not a, it's not a phone call Like there's actually, there's something like physical and tangible that's, that's actually here. And yeah, now that that's, um, that's gone, it sucks. Every, it, yeah. It's, it's no other, no other words for it. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking shit. And, and I guess once again as well, it's, it's out of your control. That's, I think, and that's the hardest part with all of this is, you know, as much as we hate it and as much as we want it to change, there's literally nothing we can do because we're at the, the beck and call of Mr. Andrews who is calling the shots and, you know, we, we don't have a choice in the matter so we've basically just got to deal with it. And in this situation, it was very much the same. It was... Yeah, nothing you did, nothing she did. It was just... Just is what it is. Exactly. To and quote Max Holloway, <laughs> it is and, what it is. And yeah, there's it's completely out of your control, you know what I mean? Like, you can't force someone to be in it. You can't force someone to have feelings. Um, so it's really hard to then just let that go and say, no, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> it's like you can say it all you want, but to, to accept that and move on from it is very fucking hard. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I feel like that's where I am at the moment. Like, uh, yeah, we've had some, like, very low lows and some very high highs. And right now we're navigating somewhere in the middle of that. And earlier today, um, 
it was announced that there were a few crumbs. Yeah, a few, <laughs> a few crumbs that have been that have been thrown our way. Um, what has happened? Like I think hairdressers and like beauty salons are, are going to be opening back up. Yep. Um, and that was all due to a pushback from a lot of people, which I think we need more of. But yeah, retail stores going to start opening back up. I think. Uh, well, not as of yet, but I think they're talking the 1st of November, which is another two weeks, so there's sort of... But, once again, it's hard to trust Dan Andrews because he says these things and then changes his mind at the last minute, so, you know, he's given us something to look forward to, but that's still two weeks away. Uh, but, yeah, also the five-kilometre travel, which we were only allowed to do, has been moved to 25 kilometres, so a fucking crumb. <laughs> but at least it's something and you know that's literally what we have to look forward to now is these little crumbs that he's given us yeah um i guess cases are down and they look like they're staying down for now touch wood um <clears throat> so it could start getting back to normal a lot sooner but yeah it's hard to say yeah, it's been. Um, it literally is a roller coaster, mm-hmm. and I, I think the hardest thing about about it as well is that it's like you said, like we're not in control, and the the people that are like a lot of the time, it seems like they don't really know what they're doing either. And, and uh, that that is the biggest thing I think because this is such a new thing, um, no one really knows what to do, and. One of the things that I really dislike at this point is is people comparing us to different countries and comparing countries to countries and saying, oh, you know, the lockdowns are working because look at this country that didn't get locked down and look at how many cases they have. And it's it's just an unfair comparison to say that, you know, the UK, for example, um, is anything like we are. Uh, and, you know, to, to people are just looking for justification, I think, and, and being able to justify these lockdowns and say look they're working and I don't think you can argue at all that they're not working they obviously are but at at what cost and I think that's the biggest thing right now is we're starting to get to those those diminishing returns where people are suffering and we need to start giving back the freedom that we've that has been taken from us um but I feel like these the politicians are only looking at numbers, you know, they're only looking at cases and they're trying to mitigate this this risk, which is fair enough, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's all politics to them, I think, and, you know, I, I guess with all de- decisions politicians make, it's, you, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, because, you know, if these lockdowns didn't happen and, and the case numbers went rampant, then everyone would be saying he was not doing enough so you know he's he's scared to open back up and he's scared for those numbers to go back up so he's not doing anything and people are hating on him because he's not doing anything so it's yeah it's a very hard sort of uh line to walk i guess as to what's right and what's wrong but yeah it's it's just toying with people's emotions which is really hard and you know the, the fact that we did open back up again you know we went we went out for dinner for the first time in what 
four months or something, five yeah. months when, and we were all just like, this is weird. Like, <laughs> you know, it was like, sh- like restaurants were open again and you could dine in and we went out for dinner, like housemates and it was amazing. And we were like, oh, cool. This means things are probably going to get back to normal pretty soon. And then it just got taken away from us. <laughs> it's like, you know, and to mirror your experience that you've just had meeting this person, it was exactly the same. You know, you put, you put this trust in this person and they just completely step on it, you know, like that you're going, oh, okay, yep, we've got this under control. It's going away. We're going to start getting back to normal. And then something like hotel quarantine happens, which for all intents and purposes seems to be their fuck up. Um, whether or not he wants to admit it or not, no one wants to take blame for it, but that wasn't us. Once again, we had no control over that. We had no control over that. And now we're suffering for it because of some shitty decisions that they've made. And yeah, all, all those little, uh, crumbs that were given to us before just got taken away again. So we went from, yeah, going out to dinner to literally not being able to leave our house after eight o'clock. And it was like, <laughs> fuck, we, we've not only gone back to square one, we've gone further. <laughs> like, cause at the start of it, we weren't even in that harsh of a lockdown, you know, like, we could still go out, we could still exercise and all that sort of stuff. Like things were closed, yeah, but that that was about it. Um, but then it just went full extreme and yeah, everything shut and we were stuck within 5Ks and stuck within our house and yeah, it, it just got even worse. So it's hard to now trust that things are getting back to normal again because who the fuck knows what's going to happen. Mm. And it's it's scary and I think that's one of the biggest things is that <laughs> uncertainty of what the future holds. But I think in that uncertainty, it's really important to, to remember, and this is something that I've found through my whole journey through this bullshit, has been that um, it's okay to feel scared. Like feeling scared is fine. And feeling sad is fine. Um, you know, feeling angry and frustrated is fine. Like these are all like perfectly normal, natural responses. But letting it win... It, it's not fine. Exactly. And sure, like being in this, um, in this particular situation, it, it makes it, it makes it really feel like those, those feelings are winning. And I think like, for me anyway, like it, it was really confronting sitting with those feelings and being like, this is where I am like right now and this is how I feel. And trying really, really hard to be at peace with that. Very, very hard. Well, yeah. One of the very, points, very scary too. One of the points I was going to bring up earlier actually was that um, the whole self-reflection thing and, and being alone with your thoughts and stuff like that is has not been something that people have had to do before. You know, because we have so much in this world that we can distract ourselves with, um, a lot of people have not ever taken the time to actually sit with themselves and and sit with these thoughts and, and, you know, sort of go, okay, I've got to deal with this, I've got to deal with me and and find out where I'm at because, you know, as soon as you feel those thoughts, you just go, oh, I'm going to go get a dopamine hit somewhere, you know, I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to go out and drink with my mates or, you know, there's, there's always been an outlet that you can you don't have to deal with this shit but 
you know, a lot of people now have had to stay at home alone, some people, like, you know, living in an apartment alone, and they've had to sit with themselves and they've had to reflect on all these feelings and that is scary for a lot of people, you know. Um, I think I've been fortunate enough to have to do that in my life before uh, and I'm also fortunate enough now that I'm not alone. So it's it's not been a big thing for me, but yeah, there's been a lot of people that I know of personally and, and you as well that have that have had to sit with these feelings and really reflect on yeah, yourself and 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 yet really really get in touch with those those emotions and those feelings. And that is scary. Uh, so yeah, not only coupled with this uncertainty of the future, it's like this uncertainty of where you are and who you are so and yeah. I think like coupled with that as well like sitting with yourself and like feeling these feelings and thinking these thoughts and having these experiences on the other side of the coin as well it, this whole thing has made me like very grateful as well for certain situations that I've that I've been in and, and things that I have like you know I have I have a house and I have great housemates and I have, uh, I have amazing friends that, that check in on me. Um, you know, like, uh, Luke Weber, if you're listening to this, you're the fucking man. Like, yeah, the guy's always, always checking in. Like, you know, he'll hear something on the, on the news about what's going on with these restrictions and, you know, he's in Adelaide and I think they have zero cases there. Like they're just, they're yeah, just yeah. flying pretty well back to normal yeah just everything's back to normal there and you know i'm i'm grateful i'm grateful for for having met this chick like she she was like she was awesome she was fantastic and she turned everything around for me and pulled me out of a a pretty deep shit hole that i was in um so yeah i'm i'm grateful that 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 she came along um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, I, I have some friends that, uh, that feel like they can, they can reach out to me as well. Like, I, um, there's, uh, dudes at the gym that we've started like a, a group message and granted most of it is everyone just writing each other off but <laughs> it's uh it's still it's it's still good you know like we we rely on each other we've got a network there we we know like if if shit goes sideways that you know there's like at least eight other dudes there that have got have got our back um and I'm I'm really really sorry that there are um that there are people out there that that are struggling um like we uh we touched on earlier like I had a friend that um lost his job and wasn't too sure about how he was going to pay the rent and and this was right at the start when everything was going haywire like the government hadn't really made announcements and new legislation regarding like rent and landlords and all this kind of stuff and he was stressing out 
just being like, fuck, like I, you know, I don't have a job and like I've applied for all this Centrelink shit, but I don't know when that's going to get approved and I have no money and I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. And he approached his landlord and was like, look, this is the situation. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And the landlord was a dick about it and was like, well, you know, you either pay the rent or you get out. And rather than be homeless, he decided to, uh, to, uh, take his life. And that was, and that, that's something that has bothered me, um, a lot throughout this, throughout this whole lockdown. Um, I think it's like being isolated and having certain problems or or issues on your own can make you feel that you are alone you know what I mean and there's like there's literally no way out and yeah I'm I'm really really sorry if uh if anyone's going through anything like that because it's it's fucking shit and it it really fucking sucks and yeah look if uh if you are feeling like that, please like call someone or text message someone. And I know we've been talking a lot of shit about how, how annoying that can be, but like, fuck, like if, if a, if a phone call or a text message is the difference between you being here or not being here, then that's, I think make that's, that call. It's the biggest thing you have to remember is that there are people that care about you and there are, people that will miss you when you're gone, regardless of, yeah, what you think or how many friends you have or, you know, whether you don't have any family or whatever, like, there's people in your life that will miss you and, you know, it's it's just a hard time. People go through hard times and there is there is a light at the end of that tunnel. Um, so, yeah, definitely, I agree. Reach out to anybody, anybody that you need to, even if it's a text, even if you just text someone and say, hey, I'm not feeling good, you know, it's, it's not, it's not good to, to do that to people, you know, it's, uh, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to have never been that deep in a hole before, but, you know, I've been, I've been sad and I've been depressed and, uh, I think everyone has, and that's the biggest thing, like, it's such a stigma behind mental illness and depression and especially in males that, you know, you're not allowed to talk about your feelings or it makes you not a man to talk about your feelings. But, you know, once you do, you realise that everybody has those feelings, you know. Um, you're not alone. There is guaranteed, you'll know, most of your friends have gone through something similar. And I think that's the most surprising thing about it as well. Like, when you... To begin that conversation is fucking hard. Like, it's so hard. No one wants to... Um, admit that they're struggling, especially to, you know, to people that they, um, that they know and no one wants to admit that they're, they're going through a hard time and that whatever it is that's going on in their head is getting the better of them. Like that, that shit sucks to admit. But I've went, I've found personally that when I've talked to people about, you know, feeling however I'm feeling, whether, you know, it'd be like bad or 
um, let's say detrimental, <laughs> um, quite, quite often, um, the people that I'm talking to all have similar experiences and everyone has something that they can, they can, they can relate to. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, I mean, listening to, uh, not only listening to someone's problems, but sharing your own problems. As soon as it's out, it's like, it's like that weight is gone, you know what I mean? And you're like, oh, God. Well, I mean, there's been studies to show that just admitting what you're feeling out loud helps. Like, that even saying to yourself, I'm sad, or I'm depressed, or you know, I'm feeling suicidal, like it, it, it's a release because you're admitting to those feelings when they're in your head. And it's like you said, with those, those voices that you get in your head, they, yeah, it, it feels like it's not you. It feels like there's another voice there whispering to you and, you know, you, you sort of try and push it away and push it away and say, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. But it's not fine. It's not, you can't just deal with that shit on a day-to-day -day basis. So actually voicing that out loud to yourself or to other people, it gives you power. It takes, it takes the power back to say, you know, I'm in control of these feelings. This is not an external force that's bringing me down. This is me and I can change this, you know. And like Stu said, there's always someone that's probably like had a similar experience or has felt that way at some point or can even just say, Hey man, like that's fine. <laughs> you know, like, you know, no, no one, no one's going to shun away from you and go, Oh, I don't want to talk about this. And if they do, then you're talking to the wrong person. <laughs> like <laughs> get that person out of your life. Cause they're obviously not meant to be there, but yeah, you will find the right person to talk to. And, and it really helps. It really helps. And I found like even, even in this situation, like a great example is, uh, the gym being shut down and not being able to go there. I find myself quite often like getting really, um, really upset and stressed thinking about my coach and I'm like, like, and gym owner. Yeah. Mm. And like, how, how is this affecting him? You know what I mean? Like you can't, we, there's no jujitsu classes. Um, people are making donations towards the gym, which is great. And if you're from the gym and you're listening to this and, you're one of those people. Thank you. Um, there's uh, people that are still paying their fees every single week as if everything was was normal and that's that's keeping things going as well. So thank you to, to all of you as well. Like, but I, um, I, I get stressed out quite regularly just being like, fuck, like, how? How is he? How is he? And he's the most positive dude, man. Like, he's, it's like this magic magic guy that's just like hasn't ever since this started hasn't said anything um anything negative hasn't given us any reason to think that the, the gym will be shutting down um if anything he's like i you know i refuse i refuse to believe that this is going to end us it's not going to end us and yeah he's he's like this this pillar of strength in this whole sea of shit um, but yeah, I, I think about him quite often and it, it stresses me out and it makes me sad because I know he has to be hurting, has to be. Of course.
And, uh, yeah, I, I talk to him quite regularly, keep in touch and, you know, and like, even like, I, I let him know exactly how I feel. And then hearing his response makes me feel better too. Like having that, just having that conversation and putting it out there. It's like, I guess it's like, it's like an affirmation, you know what I mean? That mm. everything, everything might not be the best at the moment, but it will be okay. Mm. And yeah, it's like, like I said, it's taking that power back and, and admitting to those feelings and, and saying, yeah, I'm sad, but that's okay. It's, it's not, it's not this secret that you have to keep from the world and, and try to be strong for people, you know, like, I guess that, that masculinity sort of stereotype is that you have to be strong and you have to be that alpha male, you have to be the, the unwavering force of strength, but you know, we're fucking human beings and in a world like today with shit like this happening, like it's hard to be strong sometimes. So yeah, let that weakness show, man, because we're all feeling it. And if, if anything, it helps someone else realize that, yeah, that's okay. Like, oh my God, this, this person who I thought was so strong and, you know, like you said, like your coach is just this beacon of hope to hear him say, oh yeah, no, I'm feeling like shit too and this is, this sucks. And you're like, fuck, if someone like that can feel that way, then fuck, I'm allowed to feel this way as well, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's the biggest thing, you know, that's, it's people like that that become role models because of that. They, they make these things okay. Yeah. And I think that's a, it's a pretty, uh, pretty cool thing, you know, just to be able to, um, be able to accept how you're feeling and understand that that is okay. Mm -hmm. That it is, it's human to, to feel bad. It's human to feel sad sometimes. It's human to feel happy sometimes, but whatever it is that you're feeling, it's okay. 100%. And I really feel like with all, with this lockdown as well, like this whole um, mixture of emotions that it's brought, it's really helped. Um, I found that like listening to music has become more of an intense experience as well. Like sad records becomes way sadder. <laughs> and like happy records become way happier. Yeah. And angry records become way angrier. Yeah. But like, I don't know, like, you know, um, like songs like Perseverance by Hatebreed or like Overcome by Terror, like stuff that's um, like uplifting and like, you know, in normal times, you'd, you'd listen to it to get that, like, that pick me up. Like it's, um, while all this shit is going on, like it has like way more of an effect, you know what I mean? Like... Okay. Songs about, like, uh, struggling and coming out the other end, like, suddenly make sense. Do you know what I mean? You're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, songs about, like, I don't know, like, heartbreak and everything going wrong and feeling like it's you against the world. Like, they make sense. Well, and, and I think that's the thing, too. It's like, like you said, they suddenly make sense. Um you know, for, for our generation especially is we haven't had a lot of hardships, 
you know, as far as, you know, I, I guess for, for most people, obviously everyone's life is different, but like we haven't had such a hardship on a grand scale, you know, like even like the global financial crisis, like we were probably too young to even worry about that, you know, mm. um, didn't really affect us. Like, heading into a depression it was like eh, we're kids you know for me anyway like I was still a teenager like yeah when was that well, I think I was still in high school so maybe 08 or something like that wasn't it like oh is that when uh yeah I think that was when uh Kevin Rudd gave everyone 500 bucks yeah Kevin 07 and shit yeah. me and me and Webbs had a, a great time when that happened we're yeah like, Kevin Rudd's the man thanks yeah. for the 500 bucks exactly and but that's what I mean it's like we haven't really been in these hardships before. So for a lot of people, this is the first time that they've gone through something this hard and they've had to deal with these feelings. So yeah, hearing yeah, those. That, and I, I think that's something that's really important to take into account as well. Like mm. we're literally the ones like creating the history here. Mm. This is unprecedented. It's never happened before. Yeah. I mean, as far as the pandemic, yes, but I, I feel like the, the depression or the recession, sorry, that's going to come after this, like, you know, our parents went through a, a depression, I guess, or our grandparents, probably. Our parents sort of would have felt the effect of the GFC, for sure, like, you know. Um, but we haven't had to deal with anything like that. So, you know, for us, dealing with all these financial hardships that are going to come is going to be a, the first time that we've had to do anything like this. So, yeah, it's, it's all this whole new world, um, to quote Aladdin. Uh, <laughs> um, fuck what I wouldn't give for a magic carpet <laughs> oh, hell. but yeah these songs start to make sense because it's like yeah the, the struggle is real so yeah you start to hear all this shit on a, on a different different wavelength and you're like fuck I get it <laughs> like and yeah I think all those sort of happy tunes that you know you used to go out to the club and listen to or you'd go to a live gig and hear and it would lifted you up now you really rely on it you know and you, you listen to those songs maybe on a daily basis and you fucking use that as a pick-me-up I mean especially us like we're both pretty big on music you know like mm. so we definitely use that as, a, as an escape method or yeah as something to pick you up so yeah these songs that you've you've heard for years and been able to see live and yeah, it's they've become this like crutch almost to to get you through some hard times. So, yeah. and yeah, it's it's very hard to find those things now because so much has been taken away from us. You sort of had these these crutches, you know. I mean, you're straight edge, obviously, but for me, I drink, I do other things, but <laughs> um, I've what kind of thing? <laughs> you know, things, but. Um, <laughs> The alcohol for me, I've noticed, has become a bit more of a crutch, you know? And, like, I used to drink on the weekends. I'd usually save it for a Friday night after work. I'd have some beers or, you know, I'd you know, go out on a Friday or Saturday night to the pubs or clubs or whatever and have some drinks and that was it. I wouldn't drink during the week. It was fine. But, you know, now it's sort of like, what the fuck? Like, who cares? I'll just have a beer. Like, what's the fucking point? Like, you know, and, and it's sort of become this thing that I've, not relied on, but, you know, especially with the, when I had a few weeks off work and it was sort of like, you get to midday or two in the afternoon and I'm sitting at home doing nothing and I'm like, may as well have a beer. <laughs> like, why the fuck not? It's like, there's no reason not to. I don't have to go to work. I've got nothing else to fucking do. I don't have to drive anywhere. I can't drive anywhere. So, you know, I find myself, I found myself getting, getting drunk on a weekday for no fucking reason just because I could. 
And I think that's a really, you know, alcohol is a depressant, which is not good. When you're already in a sad spot, you don't want to fucking add fuel to the fire. So, you know, but we, we sort of have these crutches that we rely on to sort of let us feel something else. You know, and you know, music can be one of those things where you can just put a put a fucking angry record on because you're like, fuck this, I just want to be mad, I just want to be angry. So you put on some fucking Rage Against the Machine and just fucking hate the world and hate the government and, or yeah. So, I think it's it's one of those things where people have had to sort of rely on a lot of things that they usually wouldn't rely on. And I yeah, I know mates that are the same that have sort of been out of work for a long time and, you know, they're just drinking every day. And it's like, it's not good. It's not good for mental health either. So, and I mean, it's, yeah, just forming bad habits, I suppose. But yeah, it's, it's, music's a big one for me as well. Just relying on that, that fucking, that happiness or that sadness is something else to take me away from here, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's all a bit of a tightrope, really. Um, and yeah, it's hard finding that that balance and being able to to navigate it uh correctly but i guess we're almost at the end hopefully yeah and i think touch wood yeah and i think i think we've all sort of yeah through talking about it and all this sort of stuff you know like it helps we've all sort of realized that and we've all relied on that a lot more you know we're we're a pretty open household which is good and we talk about these things a lot um obviously sometimes you don't want to talk about it but (laughs) and you know it's it seems to be the only subject on everyone's mind so it's hard not to talk about it but yeah it's it seems to be that we've all sort of just accepted where we're at and accepted the fact that we're out of control and we're sort of just focusing more on the things we can control, which is, yeah, daily habits and, like, you've been getting back into your exercise and, you know, we, we were lucky enough to get another housemate move in with us as well and he's really keen on training and being healthy and getting healthier and throughout this he's sort of used it as a time of change as well to focus on himself and focus on, yeah, getting healthier and, and getting rid of bad habits, so... And look, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't taken a bit of advantage and be like, I'm feeling shit, Jerome, you're getting choked. Of course, <laughs> but he's happy to be, that's the thing. He's, he's found this love for jiu-jitsu as well, which is really cool. Um, you know, he'd never trained it before, but he'd it sort of peaked when we talked about it and, you know, sort of sparked an interest and... Yeah, and now he's really into it. So, you know, we've sort of had this other training partner as well come along. And, yeah, because of the health thing, he's been doing PT with Stu as well, which is really good for motivation. You know, when you've got someone else on your level that's pushing you, which is, you know, another thing that we've all been missing is that that, that motivation and that push. You know, you go to the gym, you've got other guys that are trained in for the worlds as well, and you're pushing each other to get better. And, you know, it's, it's hard when you haven't got that to sort of find that motivation and go, oh, who gives a fuck? But... You know, when you've got someone like that that's new into it and they're just, everything's exciting to them. So he's just so keen every time we train and, yeah, he'll get choked out 10 times and be like, yeah, let's go again, you know? Like, he's just, he's so keen. So, yeah, we were lucky, lucky that that happened as well. But, yeah, I think it's really forced us to sort of find those, those other inspirations in our life. And, you know, with within that self-reflection and all that, it's really 
made people realize, I guess, what makes them happy and what they need to do in their life to keep happy. You know, and, and there's so much Im- improvisation going on in the, the sense of, you know, yeah, people are making home gyms everywhere and, you know, like Zoom meetings with all their friends and, you know, I've seen a lot of a lot of the DJs and clubs running these, like, uh, sort of Zoom meeting clubs, you know, like, or they'll just have these online streams, you know. We, we had a lot of uh, parties just with our housemates. We set up the garage at one point as a little club and had had our little uh, live streams going for all the DJs playing and you know just had a bit of a party ourselves and obviously it wasn't anything like a normal party but it was still trying to get back that that bit of fun you know it's like you sort of realize that it's not not the club that makes you happy it's it's what you do at the club it's those <laughs> it's, no. what, it's what you do at the club. <laughs> the, I mean, the dancing and the music and the lights and and what else? Shut up, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's finding those things that make you happy and and really finding a way to make it work for you. You know, and, and yeah, having that gym in the garage has been a godsend. Having the mats down and just being able to have a roll and have a chat afterwards, and it's sort of brings back those gym vibes you know obviously you're not not getting the same roles that you would and it's not the same but you know here Luke Steele if you're listening to this it's definitely not the same roles (laughs) no one's hair is as clean as yours (laughs) perfectly combed (laughs) handsome beast oh my god (laughs) yeah no but you know you're making it work and I think we're all making it work at the end of the day Obviously, I can't speak for everybody, but I, I feel like, yeah, we've got a really good place for that at the moment. We're all sort of getting by, which is which is lucky. I guess, yeah. In, um, and I guess that's a, that's a pretty good spot to, to end it as well. Like, it's been hard, and it's been shit, but we're getting through it, and... Uh, yeah, from the looks of things, it looks like it's, everything's easing up and, um, hopefully we're coming to the end of, end of this crazy, uh, experiment. That's what it feels like. It feels like an experiment. Mm. It's fucking beta testing, mate. It's like, it's like they've released a game and it's, there's the bugs to figure out and where the fucking test dummies. And, um. Yeah, it looks like we're we're very close to, to coming out of the other side. So, look, um, <clears throat> anyone uh, listening to this, um, yeah, if you're in in Victoria and uh, yeah, you're finding things finding things difficult with this lockdown, reach out to your friends, talk to someone. Um, you know, once this is all over, come learn jujitsu at Renegade. Renegade MMA, 60 Stub Street, Kensington. Um, yeah. Keep you healthy. It'll keep you happy. Good support network. Great people. Great community. Um, it'll keep you on the right path. And who knows, if you train hard, you can come to Vegas for the next <laughs> world. <laughs> we'll hang out there and 
That's the next goal. Steal some people's souls and then eat way too much at the buffet. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> Put all of that weight back on. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing at this point is to know that there is a light at the end of this tunnel and that eventually things will come back and you've just got to keep those goals in mind, you know. The goals that you had, they don't have to change. They've just been pushed back. You know? I mean, that was a big one for me as well. We were supposed to be in Europe in July. Me and my partner were going to go over for a festival that she's gone to the last, I think, four times. It happens every two years, and it's you know she's basically made a vow to go back every time that it happens, and they had to push it back, and we had to cancel our trip. Luckily, we hadn't bought any tickets or anything yet, um, as far as flights go. But yeah, that was a, a big goal for us. They got pushed back, and but we're still looking forward to when it's on again, and we're hoping that we're going to be able to go to it. You know that 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 goal hasn't changed; it's just been moved. Yeah, and that's I think that's the biggest thing to remember is that we will go back to normal. There's no way that things like that aren't going to happen again. It's just going to be a while, and yeah, it's just hoping and wishing that it's going to be sooner than we expect, but. Yeah, it's it's looking like it's going to be a long road. Yeah. So like Stu said, reach out, man. Cling to those those friends. Find find your support network and use it. Fuck yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, boy. Cool. Thanks, man. <laughs>